Hello, and welcome to Mornings with Joel, commercial real estate podcast, where we focus on rising stars and established players in commercial real estate and talk to them about how they are building legacies in today's marketplace. I'd like to welcome all to the Mornings with Joel CRE podcast. We do record now Wednesdays at noon, so it's not morning for me per se, but uh, it is for you guys on the West Coast, and so we're happy to have you join the show, and we're excited to um, bring this valuable information to you as well, and look forward to your uh, continued participation in the show. We have a special guest today, and uh, as most of you are probably aware, this is the uh, conclusion of Black History Month. And uh, the timing is kind of interesting. Uh, You have situations going on in Florida where there are a lot of contention about, I guess, whether Black history is U.S. history, you know, which is kind of interesting. You know, you can't call that out the history books, but we'll talk about that a little bit. And um, one thing about equality in the country always comes back to the issue of minorities in business. And we think of the Black Wall Streets and the other parts of the country where there were Black cities that either were burnt down or other things. So we're going to get into all that today. For that reason, we have, we're have we excited to bring on Melvin Coleman. Now, Melvin Coleman, uh, happy to have you here today, and thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, welcome um, to the show. Great, great great to be here, man. We finally we finally made it happen. So <laughs> that, yep. that in itself is an accomplishment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Melvin, tell us a little bit. You're with the Black Chamber of Commerce. Uh, most folks don't even know there's a Black Chamber of Commerce. So tell us, uh, well, first of all, before we even go into that, tell us a little bit about your background. I understand you're from Savannah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm an original DSGB. Not, not everybody can claim that acronym. And I don't even those, know what that is. For those who need a translation, I'm a down South Georgia boy. Okay, so, so we, we claim it. Yeah, we 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 we, we tat it up on the shoulders and everything. It's, it's okay. serious, all right. All so right. yes, I'm I'm Savannah, born and raised. I believe in hard work and what we need to do together. The state may still be controlled by, say, not us, but you know we're thirty plus percent of the population, and uh, you know we're we're definitely serious about moving in the right direction to bring about some of the changes that we know that that needs to happen. So it's all about the work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Let me, let me just back up a minute because I, like I mentioned, you're with the, the black chamber of commerce, but you've also had a history in wealth management and things of that sort. And um, of, of all the careers, what directed you in that direction in order to want to focus on wealth management as a career path? I think everybody has this thing that is like who they are and just quite naturally mm-hmm. not that they have to work so hard at it. And so my thing was always money and <laughs> everything about money. Even as a kid, I was mm-hmm. the one that was known. Oh yeah. You know, Melvin's got all his money in the bank. He's not going to, he's not going to buy a car. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. I was just that, that financially aware young person where all my friends were doing other things and and I was looking at my savings account. I was excited about my savings account. <laughs> they yeah. were excited about, you Stop. know, they got some rims on their car. So it, you know, just it's just who you are. So that's this is that's who I am in terms of money and and, and wealth accumulation. And and so it's just a part of who I am. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. And you're still in that space, right? Yes, yes. And so it's something that I I I don't have to retire from. So, mm-hmm. so at some point I, you know, I will retire from, from the chamber, but mm-hmm. I, I don't ever have to re- retire from wealth management or managing money the way that I, I enjoy in the stock market. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's something that I will always be engaged in and, and helping people, educating people and, and that sort of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, tell us a little bit about your business. I know, um, you know, one of the great disparities in the country that always holds people back is ones with money and ones without money. And in order to help individuals better manage their money, uh, what are some things that you would want us to walk away with from this uh, show today that uh, we can share with our listeners? You know, and I know that's kind of a broad statement, but I don't want you to, I don't want to pigeonhole you, 
But um, what are some things that you think people just kind of overlook or don't focus on that they need to in order to uh, manage their money better, especially as minorities? Yeah, well, you know, start start somewhere in terms of putting money aside or investing, actually, and just be consistent. So you start and be consistent. And over time, that alone will make a huge difference. Obviously, it's much better to start young mm-hmm. and be consistent. And, and by the time you're my age, you actually should be in great shape if, if you did that 30 years ago. But I would say just to keep it very simple, you have to start and you have to be consistent. And a lot of a lot of it will take care of itself if if you have that that commitment, you know, that discipline to do that. Got you. Got you. And any particular alternative investments or mainly uh, just thinking of stocks and bonds and things of that sort? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Real estate over the past Real estate has has turned the place out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm a market. I'm a market guy. I'm a stock market professional. You know, I'm the folks you see on television. I could have conversations with them all day about the market. Mm -hmm. So that's my thing. But but even I can see what's happened in, in in the real estate space. If you had if you had gotten in at the right time when things look really really bad like how you would be positioned right now. Yeah. So so there are a few different options. You, you know, the market is always going to do what it does and it doesn't matter if it's up or down. It just depends on how you were positioned. You know, people make money when the market's going down too. But, but real estate definitely is, is in a space where um, I highly recommend people to, to look at uh, how they should be involved in it, starting with your own residence, but then other ways to leverage and all of that. So, so yeah, I'm a big okay. proponent of, of, of that. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, so you, you've been doing this for years. Um, I'm sure you see the, the bad decisions oftentimes that many minorities make when it comes down to managing money. But then back in 2017, it appears that you decided to spend more of your talents and time working with the chamber. Tell us a little bit about the, the black chamber of commerce because there's a few different chambers out there and there's a national chamber that you're a part of. And just, if you don't mind, give us kind of an overview as to how all that works and, you know, how it all came together. Yeah. So I came back to the organization about mid-year 2016. Okay. And there was a transition in leadership taking place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I had been a member, say, 06, 07, 08. Okay. And then I left because the great financial crisis and everything just shook up a lot of folks in terms of what we had to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I was gone for several years. I came back in 2016, uh, going organization going through this transition, and a new president was appointed. Now that individual could not say run the organization, and so January of 2017, I became the executive director to say run the organization along, say, with the that current president. And so from tw- January 2017 up until now, and, and still, as far as we can see, the organization has been uh, the growth, development, events, activities, programming, membership, everything has been just phenomenal in, in the way things have moved over, say, the previous six years. So we still have a lot of work to do, and, and we work hard every day. So you mentioned we have an affiliation with, it's actually the U.S. Black Chambers based in D.C. And okay. so they represent, say, Black business across the country. And so their relationships with local chambers, so here in Atlanta, that would be the Atlanta Black Chambers, but other major markets where you have Black chambers, they would have the, the relationship with, with that organization. So though the the chambers are independent, autonomous organizations, we have a relationship with the USBC. So there's resources and different things that that they have access to being based in D.C. and having the relationships with all the elected officials and things like that. So it, it does work well that we collaborate. And so the U.S. Black Chambers uh, in D.C. Is, is, is a great partner to the, the ABC, the Atlanta Black Chambers. OK. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let me ask you the the, the most simplest foundational type question, uh, which would be why? 
would anyone want to join the chamber? What what would be the the carrot or the reason that uh, me as a as a business owner, a minority business owner, would want to join the chamber of commerce? And why the black one versus the Atlanta city one, for an example? Or should I do both? Or you know, how how would you answer that? Well, to, to keep it very simple, you know, either you are plugged in, you know, plugged part out. of, <laughs> and in everything that's going down, you, you know, you you know, you know what's going on. You're connected to everything that you need to be connected to. You know, either either that's the case, or you're not connected. You're not plugged in. You're outside, and everything that's happening, say, within the network, the community of, of, of business owners, the chamber, the chamber universe, you're missing out. You don't even know what you don't know, okay? Because you're not a part of this catalyst, this, this central place where information, okay, access to resources, training, programs, whether it be grants, all of this stuff is happening every day. So if you're a business owner, and most business owners have plenty good sense, you want to be a part of it and not disconnected from that. So that's that's really my initial response would be <laughs> you want to be in, not out, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask, you know, are there, are there tangible things that you could say are, are benefits of being part of the the Black Chamber, but you mentioned about, you know, connections, obviously, you know, is there any access to capital through the Chamber? Is there courses and training? And I guess all of that is part of it as well. I would say yes, 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 and yes. So, so yeah, we we did uh, over $100,000 in, in grants last year, and we're, we're okay. really, really excited about what we were able to do in terms of literally giving Black entrepreneurs money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're talking about money that they didn't have to pay back. So if they needed something critical for their business to get to that next level and, you know, $10,000 or what have you, that can make a difference. And so that's not a lot of money, but for a small business that is in that growth, that that process, that growth cycle, and you that's an infusion of cash that, hey, I can get this equipment or I can upgrade something. So, yeah, it can be very tangible, but the relationships. So. It's one thing to be broke from a money standpoint. It's another thing to not have the right person in your network that you can call. And if you have a challenge and they can tell you the right thing at the right time, and that gets you over that hump. So it's first and foremost about people, people supporting each other, collaboration, relationships. So these are the things that happen very organically, say, in the in the chamber as as it operates and as it exists and as we do things on a daily weekly monthly basis this is what happens man these these meaningful relationships you know people connect mm-hmm. with it in the chamber and they're connected for the rest of their lives and and then those are valuable relationships and that's a big part of what we do as well okay all right yeah no that makes sense i like what you said there a minute ago about oftentimes you don't even know what you don't know so uh, you might you might think you're not missing anything, but if you're not even involved, you wouldn't even know what you're missing. So let me give you an example. I have sure. a favorite restaurant near my home that I, that I uh, it's a Jamaican restaurant. I like to you know I, I yeah. still like red beans and rice and curry chicken sometimes, right? Sure. You know, um, you know I, I eat it in moderation, but yeah, I still I still okay. get down. Yeah. And so there was a, a program for restaurants. It was called the Restaurant Something Program when when all the stuff was going on, you know, with ARP ARP money and all this stuff was happening, right? And so I say to them, do you know about the, you know, this program for restaurants? You know, you all could get some support, some real funding, you know, to get you through. And they're like, nah. <laughs> they're just like, we don't know anything. Because, because they were not connected to all of this great information that's being put out there. So in that case, they did not know what they didn't know until I told them. Yeah, but there, but there are literally thousands of businesses that fall into that category. Now, thank God for the almost well thousands that are say connected to us, and, and we mm-hmm. put this out consistently. But um, when I think about all of those businesses that need support, and they're just not a part of of the ecosystem, and that's what we try to do. We we try to expand our database 
so that we know we're touching all of these businesses. Yeah, yeah. You made me um, think of something when you were saying that. What what actually is the the membership now of the the chamber? Do you know offhand how many members you have? Yeah, we have roughly eight hundred ish members. Okay. And well, this year and before long, we will eclipse one thousand. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just with entrepreneurship now being a popular thing. You know, my generation when I was growing up, it was go to school so you go to college. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm an 80s kid, you know, yeah. so you, you go to school so you can get a good job. Mm-hmm. Now, this generation, and thank God for it, you know, we, we're letting them know that, you know, you could possibly be a John H. Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, so many, say, famous Black entrepreneurs that, you know, we can run down the list. But when I was a kid, I didn't I didn't hear about that. Yeah. So those so some things have changed and, it, and it's great because we need Black ownership. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that is a true statement, you know, because you're right, especially in the South. You know, I, I hadn't seen it as much in the North, but um, it certainly was the, the case in the South where it was like, get that good education, go to school, go to school, go to school. But you're right. It teaches you to go get a job and work for someone else as opposed to, um, you know, being able to start your own business. So appreciate that. Let me, let me ask you this. If, if I was to just ask you to encapsulate what's really the overarching goal of the chamber is it the same as every other chamber or is there specific goals for the black chamber of commerce that you could clearly identify as to um you know a reason in addition to all the other reasons that you gave us what are what's the end goal of the chamber to where they can look back and say you know what we actually accomplished what we set out to do yeah so so our situation is 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 critical mm-hmm. so we would have our focus would be more intense, it would be different than, say, other what we call majority chambers, mm-hmm. uh, because because our our conditions are such that it's urgent for us. We have to be focused. We have to execute so that we change the the trajectory of, of what the future looks like. Okay, uh, we have the opportunity to do it. So our mission, the creation and growth of competitive, profitable, and sustainable Black-owned entities. Because we know competitive, profitable, and most importantly, sustainable Black-owned entities is how we transform from, say, employees or consumers Mm -hmm. to then owners, investors, and the racial wealth gap, uh, you'll see a significant reduction in that racial wealth gap because when we own, there's more, there's greater level of ownership than, than we have not just, say, the Black consumer, but consumers in general spending millions and billions of dollars with, with businesses, with corporations that black, you know, I always tell people, hey, we, we, we don't just want black owned businesses. We want black, black owned corporations. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we will, we will have, we will have these if we continue to build. So, so our, our focus is, it's just real critical for us. You know, it's not a casual thing at all. And, and most black people understand that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, um, you know, being in this business for a long time and on the real estate side, you know, one thing you come to appreciate is that whenever you have to go beg for money, you know, you're always in a in a secondary position, you know, and if you don't have minority owned firms and investors and people at that level that could put money into your business or your deals, then you're always in that subservient position, if you will, because you're always, you know, trying to get more money. You know, I think even the Bible says that the uh, the borrower is slave to the to the lender, right? So, you know, if you're in that position, always it's hard for people to view you as equal when you're always begging and asking and clawing for capital. So, you know, being able to develop and grow these these businesses and make themselves sustained and then to be able to turn around and be sustainable, as you mentioned, to invest in other businesses, I think is a very, very valuable thing. So that's an interesting charter that you have. And it, it makes it really interesting. 
I did want to mention one thing on, on that point, because I don't know where all of our guests are coming in from. I see New Jersey on here on, or that could just be NJ as a, as initials. The point is, is that there are, you know, that you're, you're part of the, you run the Atlanta chamber, but obviously there's chambers all over the country. So I guess the encouragement would be also, and you might feel the same way that individuals should get involved with whatever their local uh, Black Chamber of Commerce is, wherever they're located at. Would that be uh, safe to say? Absolutely. And also, we have a lot of members who are also members of, say, the majority chamber in their respective county. Okay. Uh, because these relationships, again, it's, it's it's about relationships. It's about being in the right rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we support and are proponents of, hey, you don't have to stop here. Uh, obviously, we, we want you to do this first because this is where you're going to get what you need from a Black perspective. And mm-hmm. our focus is on the critical <clears throat> issues of the Black community. And that resonates with, with most Black people. But then the next step very well could be to start forming relationships uh, beyond that that could be beneficial, even in, in the sense that you now you can bring you can bring stuff back to the family because you got exposed to some things because you are in those other spaces with mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So so we see that as being, you know, very strategic. I, I think, you know, folks play chess on us and we still have our checkerboard out. So we want to play chess too. And so those are some of the moves. That's how we want to move very strategically, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. What I want to do is uh, go ahead and and open up the uh, chat for anyone who has any questions or anything else that they want to ask of uh, Melvin. We'll go ahead and and start opening that up now. You could either raise your digital hand or you can put those questions in the chat and we'll try to get to you as we continue our discussion here. So let me ask this, at at what stage of a business do you recommend someone join the chamber? You know, what what would you say? Is is it at the idea stage? Is it at the, you know, we're doing a million dollars a year in revenue? Uh, You know, what what would you tell someone that might be considering joining the chamber? What stage should they jump in? Well, the person that's truly on it, they join the chamber before they even have a business. (laughs) Okay. So there is no, there is no yeah, wait until you get absolutely not. And I and I see people all the time in our events and activities who some of them are still in corporate and, and they're so on top of things, they got a two-year plan. Mm-hmm. So they're already members of the chamber connecting with the right people. Okay. And I'm like, okay, you you're set you're setting yourself up for success by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. In the entrepreneur game. The idea is to not be behind the eight ball. For an entrepreneur, it's how do I stay two steps ahead? Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to what I said about you, you got to be connected. You got to be a part of this because to not be a part of it, sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, very good point. Very good point. What are some of the challenges that you think the businesses that are part of the chamber are facing and how is the, the chamber helping them get through that? Well, that, now that's a great question. So, you know, access to capital is always just a consistent thing, right? It's, but so, so the chamber with our relationships, we're able to say, connect them with say options uh, away from the traditional uh, bank, which may not, the model for the traditional bank is not one that, that fits say a lot of entrepreneurs in our community. Mm-hmm. So the the alternative financing options. So what the chamber does every day, I mean it's like the air we breathe is is we we inform, we educate, and we empower uh, say our people with, with knowledge and, and, and education so so they can make decisions right based on on, on real accurate timely information. So that's a big part of it. So we come to access the capital, we got to educate them, and then we have to share with them, here here's some options, let's see if, if something here can work for you. But then, you know, how do you scale and grow your business to get to a level to where you qualify to even bid on lucrative contracts, whether they be in the public sector or the, or the private sector? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, we have to support them in that sense as well. So, you know, how can we help you get that right certification? Okay, that is a prerequisite to be a part of, you know, the the whole vendor process for XYZ company. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are things that that we work on and and how we want to support our members. Okay, okay. No, that makes sense. I appreciate that. Amber, how you doing? Good to see you as always. Thanks for joining. You had a question here. Can you talk about some of the events from the past year? What are some of the events from the past year you could tell us about, Melvin? Oh, wow. So, yeah. So Amber Amber asked a great question. And so for 2022, man, we had some phenomenal e- events. And I would say the, the important thing about, about the events is we're bringing like-minded people together so that uh, they can connect and and then, you know, collaborate and create opportunities together. And so it, it's really, really powerful. And, and some examples of some of the great events that we do. We had the real estate uh, summit, which uh, we have a real estate and professional services committee, which is a very powerful group of real estate professionals. Okay, it's it's a part of the the ABC. That summit was amazing. Uh, And and we we created this, we produced this, and we allowed people to come in and experience or have exposure with a lot of key, say, real estate minds say in the Atlanta metropolitan area. And uh, it was, it was, it was just powerful. So that was the real estate summit, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's not all our committees. Each one of our committees will have a, a signature e- event. Uh, shout out to uh, all the ladies. The, so the women's league, they have something they call cocktails on the course and all the ladies come together. They take a big golf lesson and they socialize, but, but the purpose of the event again is so that they can come together and really form these bonds, okay? So that they can support each other and really understand that they have the same challenges. And if they if they stay together, the whole process could be uh, so so much easier uh, for them. So we have events weekly, monthly, throughout the course of the year. Um, one of our most consistent, most popular events is uh, Tuesday Talks, our virtual roundtable. So every Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m., <laughs> we have we have a good time on Zoom, very much like this, okay? So just to give you some sense of the magnitude of it, our last Tuesday Talks this week. So it, like 230-some-odd people on Zoom to hear, you know, whoever our guest speaker is, the announcements, the member spotlights. And just the call to actions that we do. And it's um, like just like a powerful 45 minutes. You know, we don't go forever. You know, you come in, get what you need. And, you know, you come back next week and we do it again. But that's a very popular event for the Atlanta Black Chambers. And and it's open. It's an open uh, forum to the community. So anybody can actually tune in to Tuesday Talks. And uh, I hope that some of your guests would, would check it out. Now, you visit our website, and the, the information is on our website, atlantablackchambers.org. All right. Sounds good. Amber, was that good? Okay. She may have had something specific, so she can put it in the chat, and I'll talk about it. But I don't Because Amber's like, she may okay. want me to talk about something specific, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you got a follow-up, just let us know, Amber, and we'll um, we'll try to get it in. So appreciate that. Tyron Bell, she had a question also. There are several resources here in Atlanta for African-American entrepreneurs. What separates you all from those other resources, for example, the Rice Center? Mm-hmm. How would you answer that? So that, you know, that, That's a great question because Atlanta is, is, is special. The, the richness in, in, in say, resources, you know, organizations that, that, that have a similar mission. But when you put it all together, you, you see... A, a powerful black community. So it, first of all, Atlanta is is in itself just something really different. And to that question, the point there, I would say first and foremost, we're all say collaborators, we work together. <laughs> so the, the the ABC has an office at the Russell Center. 
I love the okay. office at the Russell Center because we're we're positioned right where I like to be, right on Main Street. You walk in, you turn the corner, you, you're like, that is ABC office right there. So first of all, we're all friends and we all work together. Now, the Atlanta Black Chambers, our membership is throughout the metropolitan area, actually throughout the United States and indeed the world. So, so we don't have, say, a brick and mortar. And so we're we're everywhere. We're in all the different counties. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a, a community panel discussion in Stonecrest, you know, Stonecrest out mm-hmm. over to Cab County. We'll be at the at the Rice Center, at the Russell Center doing events and activities. We're, we'll be at the gathering spot. We'll be at Pittsburgh Yards next week for a construction event. So when you say what's that difference or anything? I would say look at the mobility of the ABC and how we can show up everywhere. But that's not to say that, I mean, again, the Russell Center is one of our biggest and best partners. And so, you know, they have some some really strong points associated with how they do things. And so to be here in Atlanta and to have access to all of this, you know, you don't have to pick and choose. You can get down with the ABC. You can get down with, with the, the the Russell Center, and and there are a few others I could name too. So it's really amazing. All right, so Tyron, hopefully that uh that answers your question. But um, I, I like that you know the the fact that it's not us versus them, you know, because that that separation you know doesn't work well. You know, if if anything, needs to be more collaboration in order to get things done. So, so. Jay Bailey, the president and CEO of the Russell Center was our guest speaker on Tuesday Talks. <laughs> okay, all right. And he's been on here, so, so yeah. <laughs> what we do is what yeah. it is, it is how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff, good stuff. Um, I did want to ask you about that because you talked about uh, upcoming events and everything else, but I did want to circle back to one thing real quick that you mentioned a couple minutes ago. Uh, most of the folks who are on the line are uh, real estate folks, you know, like myself, and uh, we all know Pittsburgh Yards, and you mentioned about a construction event. So what's that all about, since that's an upcoming event that you have? So March 2nd, which is next Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, 4 p.m., our Real Estate and Professional Services Committee is putting on the uh, construction education event. I mean, everything we do, man, we we look at, okay, how, how powerful can we deliver this uh, valuable content? for our community. So we've got two amazing panels and, and the, the individuals who are on these panels, subject matter experts. So there's something called black intellectual capital. And this is really the knowledge that the black community possess. And so when we look at individuals who work in a particular industry and, and they have the resume, the credentials and everything, that that particular person is what we mean when we say black intellectual capital. So to put individuals on a panel, okay, to share all of this knowledge, to elevate, uh, say, our community and individuals in our community, it's it's a a great opportunity. So March 2nd, next Thursday, 4 p.m. Registration is on our website. Uh, If you get our newsletter, registration is in the newsletter, but we would love to have, have you come out to experience the ABC at a very high level, because the people who produce this this particular event, whatever they put their hands on, you you can bet that it is going to be amazing. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I appreciate that. So let me ask this: if, if any of our guests wanted to be guest speakers, because it sounds like you do bring in guest speakers from time to time. You mentioned Jay Bailey. What what is the criteria for anyone who wanted to have that opportunity and speak to the chamber? maybe about whatever subject matter they have expertise in. So that works that works two ways. So to be a guest speaker, you have to be someone in a position or at a level to where you you know you you should be the guest speaker on Tuesday talks, right? So not everybody will have that opportunity. Sure. Now for folks who want to speak on Tuesday talks, you want what we call a spotlight well, we, you have to put the word member in front of that <laughs> because okay. you have to be a member of the Atlanta Black Chambers mm-hmm. to have that member spotlight. So so it's really, you know, a, a couple of things there in terms of, okay. you know, that guest speaker. You know, those are those are some high level folks. Sure, sure. Uh, I understand speaker. that. Are there any other um, events where you bring in speakers or is it just the, the Tuesday talks? 
I would say most of our events, whether you're a keynote or, or you're participating on a panel. So we definitely have opportunities for, say, speakers or folks to uh, participate and be a part of the ABC experience. Mm-hmm. And so what we look for there, uh, first and foremost, we, we look at our membership and where where can we find those subject matter experts in the membership? And, and then if we go outside the membership to get something very specific, then that's fine as well, because we, you know, we want to make sure we are, say, delivering in all the critical areas. So, so yeah, but that, that's how we manage that. Okay. All right. Great, great. And uh, Amber, thanks for doing this. She uh, put the actual registration for the Pittsburgh Yard event in the chat. So if uh, any one of you are interested in that, uh, you could certainly check that out. That should be beneficial. Let me ask you this also. You mentioned about these different clubs and committees and whatnot. What are some of the key committees? Obviously, you have a real estate committee that I guess puts on the real estate summit. Are there any other real estate groups or yeah. other organizations that this our audience might be interested in? So thanks so much for, ask, for asking that question because you, you give me an opportunity to really share the structure of, of the Atlanta Black Chambers. Sure. Uh, so we have the four affinity groups. We have four affinity groups, beginning with the Women's League. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Veteran Entrepreneurs Group. So veteran, so I, you know, I'm a Navy guy. So we say veterans, we talk about prior service, prior mm-hmm. military. So Women's League, Veteran Entrepreneurs. And then we have the Young Entrepreneurs Collaborative. So if you're, say, 35 or younger, you can be a part of the YEC, the Young Entrepreneurs Collaborative. Now, the, the fourth affinity group is interesting because it is our first time taking a geographic area of the metro and, and creating something for the individuals who specifically live or you have your business in that area. So the, the ABC South Metro Group. So you're talking about Henry Clayton, mm-hmm. the southern part of the cab, and everything down, down in that area. So that's the ABC South Metro Group. Now, all of these affinity groups, each one, they have their own events and things that they do. But now when we shift over to the the committees, which Mm -hmm. are based on an industry and occupation or profession, we talked about the real estate and professional services committee. But then we have the transportation and logistics committee. Then we, we have the global opportunities committee. We have financial services committee. We have health and wellness committee, and I may be forgetting one or two, but to give you some idea, the committees are going to be like, what is your business? You know, what what is it that you do? Okay, well, then, you know, this is the committee where you're going to find all of your peers Mm -hmm. and they like to come together, work together and and create experiences for not just for people in their industry, but but for everybody. So so that's really because folks will look at our calendar and they'll say, man, you guys have so much going on. And it really is because, well, the different components, if you will, you know, they have their own thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're, they're producing their own events and that sort of thing. So we, we, we stay busy. We give folks a lot of opportunity to connect with us. And, and that's and that's how we do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So is there a list of the committees anywhere or is it when you become a member, they email it out to you? I mean, how does all that work? On on our website, you you know, you would be able to see on our website. And I did list off the top of my head. Oh, somebody's saying I forgot training. (laughs) That might might be somebody who actually is on training. Thank you very much. Training and professional (laughs) development. So yeah, training and professional development. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one that I forgot. And so there's education and workforce development. And then we have a membership committee. Now, I think that's all of them. I think, I think, I think I covered it. Okay. I did mention the YEC. Thank you, NJ. <laughs> um, but so I think I may have covered all of it. But you can you can find that uh, on, on the chamber's website, and then sometimes in the different types of newsletter templates that we use, you may see a list of those committees and, and affinity groups as well. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, that's fantastic. So, what what's the process to join the chamber if um you know someone wanted to do that and get started? Uh, we make it pretty easy. If you go to the website, you click on membership and then you'll, you'll see a few options there. And, you know, it seems like people join the chamber every day. It's probably not quite. It seems like that to me, but it's not quite yeah. like that. Definitely. Yeah. Multiple people join in a week. Right. And it's very easy. You go to the website. Bam. And it might take you 10 minutes, the whole process. Mm-hmm. And you're done. You're done. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And how do your, your meetings actually take place? You, you mentioned earlier, you don't have a brick and mortar place, but I, I guess you have the facility at the Rice Center where you may have some of your meetings, but how does, how does all that come together? If a person was a member of the chamber, is it all on Zoom right now? Or, you know, how are you guys getting together? So that, that's a great question because obviously during the pandemic, everything was virtual. But mm-hmm. now we have the best of both worlds. And I, I love it because we definitely want to retain some of that virtual experience because it makes way too much sense. But but no, we've been back in person. Uh, we started that. that say, I'll say in a big way last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we do have a lot of in-person events. We've already done a lot and there are a lot, uh, say, coming up. You know, we spoke about, you know, next week we'll be in person at Pittsburgh Yards. This evening we'll be in person at the Stonecrest Library, okay, for a community panel discussion at the Stonecrest mm-hmm. Library. I think it's, uh, it's, it's discussing uh, Black men's safety around law enforcement. And so okay. that should be pretty interesting with some of the folks who are participating in that. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely in person, but we definitely have. We'll, we'll have our webinars, you know. One or two a week. And, and yeah, and we leverage, uh, say, Facebook Live and doing things on on social media. So okay. we so we do it all. I think if someone were to take the time to really check us out, they would say like, oh, my. Yeah, they they do. Every, they do it all. It's like it's like what what do I want to <laughs> where do I want to engage with them? You know, mm-hmm. that would be the the situation for anyone, say, discovering the ABC for the first time. They would have to decide when and where they want to come check us out because it's all there. Okay. All right. Do you have to be a member just to show up or can a person just show up or get a Zoom link or how does how does that work? So, you know, the way we operate is the stage that is the chamber and it's a grand stage. That's for that is for members. Okay. Okay. So so when you see us putting a whole lot of shine on somebody, you already know that, that that's a chamber member. Yeah. You know, you see people all, all glossed up in our marketing and all, because what we talk about is we're going to give you access and we're going to, and we're going to give you exposure, but for folks to come in to participate and, and be a part of an attendance to an event, no, that that's open to everybody. But again, the, the chambers, the stage and, and the platform and everything that we do, that's where, you know, that that's the separation there where, where members uh, get yeah, yeah. At, you know, at that level. Right. 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 Yeah. But but our yeah. activities are are most of them are definitely open. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that all certainly makes sense. You know, if you're you're not a member, you shouldn't have that that opportunity. So I, I certainly get that. But it is open for people to join and, and kind of check out the chamber and right you know, for what it's all about and, and hopefully get engaged. So, Absolutely. OK. All right. Fantastic. I don't see any other questions in the chat. Let me ask this. Um, you know, what else do you do you want us to know? Uh, you know, as we kind of wind down our discussion for today, you know, number one, you do have your wealth management business and you also uh, run the chamber. So obviously you stay pretty busy. But is there anything else that you want our listeners to know uh, as it relates to the chamber or anything else at this point? Well, I want everyone to know that. So the the, the movement that is that is underway. Uh, for mm-hmm. say for our community, it, it, it's going to require us to stay engaged, but you know a, a level of consciousness about about how we you know do what what we're doing as it relates to spending our money. So there's this movement toward say black ownership and control, okay, of the institutions that make up our community, so that we retain much more of the tremendous amount of wealth that we create, that we generate, and that, say, for 400 years, others have possessed just because of the way, you know, the, the, the business model for the United States, the business model for the world is we do all the work or, or we are the talent that produces Mm-hmm. the wealth yet because because we don't have the ownership and control all of that wealth that is produced by say black excellence the the magnificence of 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 black people and all of our gifts other people possess all of that wealth obviously we we understand that our ancestors were enslaved so you know 
all the, all the wealth they generated, you know, they didn't see any of it. Yeah, built the country. But 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 at, in 2023, the mission for us is to change that forever. So that's why I pour all my time and passion into the change because I understand where we are in this time. And you can see, you know, it's slow, but you can see some encouragement in terms of different things. It's like, yeah, we got to keep moving forward together. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's really interesting when you think about it. I, I was thinking back as you were talking to the Super Bowl that we just had, and obviously they said more people watched Rihanna in the halftime show than actually watched the Super Bowl itself, you know, and it was a really good game. But one thing that I, I thought was just really interesting is here's a girl that, you know, she made a few records, she had a few hits, but why is she so much more wealthier than so many other artists? You know, you have a lot of artists, they do a few albums and you never hear from them again. And then they're broke and they're, you know, working at wherever, you know, I don't want to call out no place. You know, what did she do differently that transitioned that? And if you look at it, it was business. You're right. It was business. And it was ownership also of the talent, you know, and those two things really set it apart. You know, you look at that with the athletes as well that are making more money in endorsements and in business ventures than they are playing sports. So it's it's a shifting of mindset. You know, it's not just good enough to score the basket or make a record. You know, you got to own that stuff. You know, you got to own that I, that intellectual property. It looks like you're chomping at the bit to say something about that. No, I love, I love this. <laughs> now, see, this is what I mean. Like, this is this is me. This conversation right here, brother. Yeah. This is this is it for me. But yeah. I'll give you an example. So it, it's been many years ago, but say hip hop artists, you know, rappers on the street, they started doing their mixtapes. And they were mm-hmm. selling, and they were selling the mixtapes on the street, and they were making decent money selling their mixtapes, right? Yeah. Okay, so people who control the industry, okay, they lobbied for legislation mm-hmm. to say that somehow that was, I'll just say, illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, yep. so it's like, see, these are examples of our talent, our gifts, and and when we set out to take the initiative to benefit mm-hmm. and gain from from what we've been blessed with, right? So there's a system that says, no, <laughs> no, you you know, you're yeah. so almost like you're, you're here to, <laughs> to make yeah. me rich, right? So, uh-huh. and so my point is that, yes, we're going to shut that down. That's what we're going to do. You know, if a brother can't sell his mixtape <laughs> and make his money because the people who control the, 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 the record industry, you know, like that's a threat. To our money, you yep. know, yeah. So you, you see where I'm going with that. But oh yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are real life examples. Those are real life examples. Okay, yeah. that actually did happen. No, it did. It did absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up in New York City, man, and and the the hip hop industry, you know, got crushed initially because a lot of those mixtapes and other things that were being done, it was like, oh yeah, you can't just sample records and do this and do that. You know, we got to have some way of. Uh, funneling it through a, a, a larger institution, but I'm not right. going to get up on that soapbox. Right. But, but no, it, it absolutely did happen, and and laws were changed in order to kind of shut all that down, you know. But at the end of the day, ownership is is where it's at from that standpoint. If if you can do it, but it's a matter of getting the resources because again, oftentimes we don't know what we don't know, and you don't want to spend 20, 30, 40 years of your life trying to figure it out where you can go and get with the chamber or some other organization and say, Hey brother, this is the shortcut, you know, as the way you need to go to get this figured out as opposed to going the long route, you know, and that, that's where it's at. Joel. I, yeah. I'm sorry, Deneen. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, Joel, thank you. And Mr. Coleman, thank you for being on today. You know, I get the, the Atlanta chamber, uh, black chambers emails and um, I had not joined as a member yet but I didn't quite understand the benefit. So this chat today and this discussion today helped me to understand that benefit. Now, I don't live in Atlanta proper. I live in Cobb County, but I do business throughout the Atlanta metro area. So I think the the impression that I had that was that the Atlanta Black Chambers was an organization that was primarily based in the Atlanta area and did not 
encompass other counties. But uh, apparently, based on your your discussion about the uh, affiliate groups and and that are there, it does encompass that. So one, I want to thank you for a great discussion. Two, this was so valuable, and um, now this this gives me the go ahead to move forward and and become a member of the Atlanta Black Chamber. And finally, your discussion about intellectual property is a very relevant and very much needed discussion because we possess so much knowledge out here in the marketplace that we are not sharing, but most importantly, that we do not capitalize on that ownership piece of it. And we need to do more of that so that we can become and have those Black Street, Black Wall Streets again. So, one, gentlemen, thank you so much for this discussion today. Have you ever done Tuesday Talks, Denise? I have not had a chance to do the Tuesday Talks, but I will be joining in from here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Janine, that was fantastic. Thank you for that. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we certainly appreciate all your support as well in in letting people know about uh, what we're doing here on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, Melvin, this was was outstanding. Uh, Certainly appreciate all the reminders. We're on the same page about a lot of things. You know, we certainly uh, value your input and and your effort and what you're trying to do to make this uh, more valuable for everyone and, and to bring everybody together so that we can thrive off of each other's knowledge and insights. So we thank you for doing that. Hey, man, thank you for having me. I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. I know we've been working <laughs> to get this yeah. thing. And uh, and I'm so glad that I was able to do it today. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly appreciate that. So thank you very much. And all of our guests, thank you very much as well. As always, this has been the Mornings with Joel CRE podcast. I want to thank you for being here today. And again, Melvin, thank you very much for being here. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on an upcoming show. Thanks again. And don't forget to join the chamber. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mornings with Joel CRE podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to write a brief review. And as always, continue to invite, share, and subscribe. Subscribe.